It's really a trade-off. There's no getting around paying for roads. It just depends if we want to pay for them now or later, and if we want to pay fuel prices as they are now or whatever they'll be in the future. Welcome to Michigan in Focus. I'm Cole McNeely, General Manager of America's Talking Network. Michigan in Focus is a production of America's Talking Network. You can listen to Michigan in Focus and all of our podcasts at americastalking.com. That's americastalking.com. Now here's your host, Bruce Walker. Thank you, Cole, and welcome to Michigan in Focus. I'm Bruce Walker, Midwest Regional Managing Editor for The Center Square. If you're tired of the divisive rhetoric coming from echo chambers in our country today, America's Talking Network has been made for you. America's Talking Network is a new podcast hub where you can find news, civil conversations, and all of the Center Square podcasts. The only agenda that America's Talking Network has is to get America talking again. Go to americastalking.com to check out all of their podcasts. Once again, that's americastalking.com. We're recording this podcast on Thursday, March 10, and joining me today, as he does every week, is Scott McClellan, the Center Square's Michigan reporter. Hello, Scott. Hey, Bruce. How's it going? It's going pretty well, sir. And we've got a lot of ground to cover today because it's Michigan and it's March. And there's just, it's hell's a popping just before, like Ben Yount and I talked about in our previous podcast that we recorded today. Uh, we're coming up on the Ides of March. And well, there's just um, many things to complain about as we are inching our way past the entire pandemic, now we're finding ourselves mired in inflation and extremely high gas tax or gas prices. So um, filling up my car today, not a, not a happy camper. Yeah, I felt the same thing at the gas station. That's one reason why uh, <clears throat> separate groups of politicians have uh, proposed suspending for a certain amount of time uh, gas taxes, whether that's state or federal. On Tuesday, Governor Gretchen Whitmer and five other Democratic governors asked Congress to suspend the 18.4 cent per gallon tax on gas and the 24.3 cent tax on diesel through 2022. And uh, a couple of days later, the Michigan House approved a bill aiming to suspend the state's 27 cent per gallon fuel tax for six months. And uh, this is all to fight rising prices at the pump. Okay. So um, what are the pros and cons? I mean, we use that money to fix the damn roads. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. If, if uh, the Senate were to pass this bill next week as they're planning and if Governor Gretchen Whitmer signed the bill, uh, it would reduce state revenue by $725 million over six months. Now, the uh, that's according to the nonpartisan House Fiscal Agency. So right now, GOP lawmakers have said that they're planning to use surplus funds from the state to cover that difference. Okay, so uh, which one, both, neither one or the other is what what seems to be in the future for these i mean if if someone listening to this podcast would say hmm uh 
Both of those sound great because um, it sure would be nice to have gas back below $4 a gallon. Yeah, but th- we also have to you know, fix the roads as well. So it's really a trade-off. You, you, there's no getting around paying for roads. It just depends if we want to pay for them now or later and if we want to pay uh, fuel prices as they are now or whatever they'll be in the future. Okay. Well, uh, I live in the Flint area and I've, you know, for, for years, the, the running joke in Michigan, and I know you're not native to Michigan, but uh, the running joke here was that uh, our state animal is the orange barrel. And so, uh, and last summer, this fall, it has never been more true. Yeah, driving in Metro Detroit in the last two weeks, uh, the amount of swerving I was doing to miss potholes that would likely break an axle uh, was crazy. (laughs) Uh, It's, it looks like I'm driving erratically, but I'm just trying to save my 2008 car from breaking anymore. Right, right. Well, a, a, anything else to add on, on this? And I mean, what are what are, what are the relative pros and cons when you when you uh, compare the two? I mean, uh, would it just be a straight cut from uh, the per gallon of gas for the federal, or is that um, per per fill up per total bill? Well, the uh, the GOP plan would also shrink the total bill amount. So that would also affect the amount of sales tax added on. Uh, That's the main difference. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So uh, once again, why don't you give us um, what the relative savings might possibly be per gallon of gas from comparing the federal and the state? The federal tax, if the federal tax were suspended, it would raise, it would lower the price of gas by 18.4 cents per gallon and uh, 24.3 cents on diesel. The House GOP plan aims to lower uh, the price of gasoline 27 cents per gallon. Okay. For six so months. The, yeah. Okay. So the House passed it, uh, the doing away with the state gas. And there was a, a, a legislator, and I, I can't recall. A legislator's name who basically said uh, it's all well and fine for the governor to go to the feds and ask them to uh, suspend the federal gas tax when it would be far easier, far simpler and far more quickly, frankly, to just suspend the state gas tax. Yeah, I believe that was House Speaker Jason Wentworth. And that is a good point. Uh, you know, you can ask Congress to do something, but uh we, I think Michigan legislatures have a lot more control in the state than they do on the federal level. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, let's um, shift gears. We'll head a little bit west of Lansing, go over to Grand Rapids. And you wrote a story that you published uh, either yesterday or the day before. And there seems to be some, and it seems to be trending pretty well on our website regarding the Grand Rapids public schools lowering the number of required credits for students to graduate. And that's yeah, from, so, uh, from, from 22, I believe, to 18 credits. Yeah. 
Yeah, the Grand Rapids Public Schools Board of Education unanimously voted. Uh, they approved a resolution to continue at that lower number. Uh, they cited COVID-19 and learning loss in the decision. So that decision applies to high school seniors. And uh, they, uh, the change was enacted to basically give them a break. Uh, for a lot of the last two years, uh, these kids' learning have been disrupted, whether that's uh, their social life or their, uh, you know, their athletic life or just their learning. Mm-hmm. Well, um, neither one of us are education experts, <laughs> but um, uh, I, I did my time in, in high school back in the 70s, which is why you never get any of my pop cultural references. But... Uh, back then, I think it was required for us, and I went to a parochial school, uh, it, we were required to have 18 credits to graduate then. So I don't know when the number like suddenly went to 22, but I, I think individuals getting upset by this might be a bit of a tempest in a teapot. Yeah, it just depends how much value you put on high school. <laughs> I think that's when it comes down to it. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, you know, people can learn things outside of formal education. It's just high school, it puts you in a, you know, for a certain number of years and they tell you to learn a certain amount of stuff. But, you know, how much is that, uh, what they learn in high school, how applicable that is to that in college? If it's writing and reading abilities, I would argue a lot. But for others, uh, I'm not sure. Right. Well, I, I was going to bring up Rock and Roll High School, which is a, a movie featuring the Ramones, but you probably don't know who the Ramones are, much less uh, be able to hum a few bars of the song, Rock and Roll High School. But uh, it is uh, one of those things where, well, obviously both place a lot of value in education, but I think just uh, reducing it all to numbers seems a little bit arbitrary, maybe somewhat superficial. Yeah. I, at the end of the day, what's the difference between 18 and 22 credits? And what what is that going to drastically change these students' lives if they don't get it? And this is also a temporary motion, or at least that's what uh, Grand Rapids has said. So they are planning to uh, increase the credit requirement back up to 22. Okay. All right. Well, um, yeah, again, I'm, I'm just wondering what uh, what the kerfuffle would be over this. I, I think that uh, the, the pandemic did change things and it necessitates some of those changes and some of them might be overreach. Some of them might be a little bit overreaction. But um, uh, who am I to say? And um, let's talk a little bit about uh, an issue that has been going on basically since Gretchen Whitmer has become governor of the state. And that was one of the, the planks that she ran on was not only shutting down line five, but stopping the, the Enbridge tunnel that would replace the line five. And uh, so, I think you have been covering yeah. that pretty, pretty closely, right? Well, I, I you know, I sometimes uh, you pass the baton to me and sometimes I pass the baton to you based on how much time and energy that we have on any particular given day. 
But uh, yeah, we're, we're getting close here in March. We're expecting a court decision uh, from U.S. District Court Judge Janet Neff, who will be, uh, I'm not looking at the story right now. I'm actually doing this from the, the top of my my very befuddled head. Remember, I, I did grow up in the 70s. And uh, so, yeah, she will be determining whether the case will be held in a federal court or a state court. And the Attorney General, Dana Nessel, and Governor Whitmer desire to have this uh, heard in a state court, um, and pardon the pun, but I, I think maybe because it's a home court advantage uh, rather than in a federal court. But uh, Enbridge is uh, angling to have it in a federal court because it, it does relate to a 1977 international treaty between Canada and the United States that uh, they say supersedes any easement that has been in place since 1953 to allow the five mile pipeline to run beneath the Straits of Mackinac. And I don't know if you have anything else to to add on that. It seems um, well, uh, it, it, it seems pretty complicated, but I know that there's uh, a lot of concern when we have gasoline that is above $4 a gallon and we have inflation that's pretty close to 8%. And like I wrote in my article, which I am looking at now, Michiganders are squinting to detect any signs of economic hope on the horizon. So uh, things things are and and not to take sides on the issue, but things are pretty muddled out there. There's a lot of um, misperceptions out there. A lot of people say, well, the the uh, the crude comes from Canada and it's just shipped in a pipeline across uh, Wisconsin across the upper peninsula of Michigan goes through the Straits and then it heads down to Port Huron and into Canada where it goes to refineries. But it's, it's not as if it's a closed pipeline. The, the assumption in that hypothesis is that the, that the oil is just, or the, the crude, all the hydrocarbons just is pushed through from Canada through the U S and straight back into Canada. And that there's, that they're not tapping that, that oil, or the crude anywhere in between, which is simply not the case. Yeah, I think this is a very complex topic. And uh, I think the inflation, I mean, we have high gas prices, we have rising energy prices. Um, it's it just it's not looking good <laughs> right now for Michiganders. Well, I'm, I'm just wondering, Scott, with all of the inflation right now, it, it, it probably ate up the, the raise that you received from the center square and probably ate up mine too. So maybe we should just go back to the well and see if there's something that they could do to enhance that. <laughs> Sounds good. It sure would be nice not to go backwards. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, lots, lots to can take into consideration here. So we got a little bit of time left, Scott. Is there anything else? Well, here's a story. Um, 
maybe to help us out. And maybe we shouldn't be talking about this in front of the powers that be, the people who sign our paychecks. But uh, we are here in Michigan going to receive a bit of a insurance catastrophic claim refund check, $400 per vehicle. So there, there's that. Can you explain a little bit about what, what uh, this all entails? Yeah, so this four, these $400 checks should arrive by May 9th, but this money is uh, it's $400 check for each insured vehicle in Michigan. Uh, the check should be hitting the uh, inbox mailboxes this week, but that's mainly from insurance, um, car insurance reform. So uh, there was about $3 billion of surplus funds, and this is that money going back to Michiganders. Right. And this is all part of a, a, a bill. It was a bipartisan package that was passed uh, within the first several months of uh, Governor Whitmer taking office. So uh, it was promulgated in the legislature and she signed it. And then uh, because essentially we were paying through the nose, we had the highest car insurance rates in the nation bar none. They're still not that great, I got to tell you, although I am appreciative for any relief whatsoever that we get. And where I live, once again, close to Flint, there's just nothing you can do about it. You can have a pristine record, and I do, and you're still going to pay through the nose because um, apparently the, the drivers in this area are notoriously nonsensical in, in how how they approach safety issues on, on the highway. So uh, that's basically what uh, we're, we're looking at here. But uh, again, thankful for any relief, but it's still really, really, really high. Yeah, it is. And I'm wondering if inflation will raise the price of insurance, because that would be pretty tragic. <laughs> right after uh, there's a reform, the price went back to what it was or near that. Well, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's um, again, it's one step forward, two steps back. And this, after two years of pandemic nonsense, and uh, we, we finally get out of that. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you get to the end of the tunnel and find out that there's a train coming from the other direction. So, all right. Well, um, we, we still have a little bit more time. Scott, is there uh, anything that you're working on right now that you, you want to discuss? No, I've uh, actually finished all my stories this morning as far, and uh, I'm off tomorrow. So I do not have anything directly in the pipeline. What about you? Uh, well, um, right now I am working on some stories that are coming in from Wisconsin. So I'm kind of um, pushing it there and heading off to an Italian dinner tonight. So I'm pretty excited Ooh, about that. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're wind, wrapping up the week, winding down just a little bit. And I think that just about covers it. Other than there was one other thing that I wanted to discuss, and that is uh, from my hometown of Midland, uh, Annette Glenn has introduced a, a bill today that um, talks about um, 
It's meant to give more parental rights when it comes to the schooling of their children. And um, I, I have the press release right in front of me and the House approved it. And this is probably something that I'll be writing up later today. It's uh, Representative Glenn's plan to affirm and protect the rights of parents in public schools. And so uh, there, there are we've written about this extensively in Wisconsin. So uh, it's not surprising that it would be introduced here in Michigan. And a lot of it is common sense, although it does seem kind of odd that one would feel the necessity to do this in this day and age, despite the fact that uh, when my kids were still in high school, I, I would have to tell them that it, I was not really cool with the fact that they were showing R-rated foreign films to my two freshmen in high school. And uh, they, they looked at me like I had two heads, like, well, we're, we're teachers, we're, we're professionals, we, we know what we're doing here, to which I would respond, yes, but um, an R-rated film seems a bit much. And the standard response that I would always get is like, well, have you seen the film? Well, um, understand that I have worked as a film critic since I was 17 years old, and I have a whole library of film as well as a whole library of film criticism. So um, I would have to say, yes, saw the film, saw it in an art house back in my Chicago days and the city, not the band. And uh, I, I am fully aware of what this movie is, and I am fully aware of what this movie depicts. So do I, I don't think that this is um, appropriate for freshmen in high school. As a matter of fact, my one of my daughters, my oldest daughter, told me that uh, there were freshman boys in her class passing out at one of the depictions that they had seen on screen. And I thought, eh, um, probably not a good idea to to show this and like well you know they need to see what you know people in poverty live like and they can no they don't really need to see that and there 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 are other ways of depicting it that aren't objectionable and aren't questionable so anyway um i don't know if you have uh, the press release in front of you scott uh from uh, annette glenn no i don't Okay. All right. Well, she says the rights of parents in our public schools are deeply enshrined in Michigan state law. And this measure affirms and protects those rights with the public and prominent notice for everyone in our schools and the broader community, including parents themselves. And so public postings will make more people aware of their rights under state law. So um, basically uh, it's requiring uh, postings in public schools that from the revised school code for Michigan and uh, underscoring the natural fundamental right of parents and legal guardians to determine and direct the care, teaching and education of their children uh, from Article 8 of the Michigan Constitution. Religion, morality and knowledge are necessary to good government and the happiness of mankind. Schools and the means of education shall be forever encouraged. It's something, I guess, that that warrants looking into and actually reading the text of the bill, which uh, is not really uh linked to in this release so um well, yeah yeah well they got to make you dig for it scott they got to make <laughs> you dig for it 
So anyway, I think that's about all we have time for today, Scott. So um, I'd like to thank you for all of your insights and uh, you can read all of Scott's stories and all the Center Square stories at thecentersquare.com. That's thecentersquare.com. And you can listen to all the Center Square podcasts at americastalking.com. Once again, that's americastalking.com. I'm the Center Square's Midwest Regional Editor, Bruce Walker. Scott and I will be back next week with another installment of Michigan in Focus.